Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's the Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, August 2nd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us today. We do appreciate it. You know, I can't start yet because I have yet to be able to check my sleep score. Uh And I just can't, I can't operate unless I know what my (laughs) sleep score is. Because if I have a good sleep score, then I know I feel great. You feel great. Don't, you know, it's funny because I know you're talking about your Fitbit. Yeah. I, my Fitbit does the same thing. I just don't like to sleep in my my watch so you don't know know your so i don't know what my sleep score is i go by how i feel but you are similar to the good deacon yeah he checks his sleep score every day and based on whatever number (laughs) that says he decides as to whether or not he had a good sleep or not that's right i've done that before where i wake up and go wow i feel great and then i look at my sleep score and i get like a fair yeah you know 72 fair I'm like, well, I, I I feel better than fair. Yeah. So. I don't know. Go by how you feel, David. <laughs> I guess I should do that. <laughs> absolutely. Did you see the moon this morning? Oh, absolutely. It, it was amazing. Still so bright, too. Yeah. And the sun was already coming up because you and I get up at, oh, dark 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was coming in. I could see it in the, let's see, it would be in the southwest kind of in in that area i think it's kind of moved over through the night and uh, it was really big and bright do you think that had anything to do the super moon had anything to do with our uh, internet that went out yesterday ooh good question <laughs> i would probably say no but i do not know that for a fact but yes if you were listening yesterday what time did we go off it was uh, was it a, it was uh, was after it, mass. Was it? No, 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 because I was I was trying to yeah. talk with somebody at, uh, I believe we had an 11 o'clock or yeah. 11.30 interview, and during the middle of my interview, yeah. our phone line went out. I was going to say it was like late morning. Yep. And we were out for a while. A few hours. Yeah. So sorry about that, folks. Not our fault. It wasn't us. Yeah, this so, time. Yeah. <laughs> this time it wasn't. But we're back on, so thank you for that. So uh, happy to be with you today on a beautiful beautiful day. It was a little warmer yesterday than what I anticipated. Uh-huh. I stepped out to put a little uh, water on the plants in the late afternoon, early evening. It's like, hey, it's warm out it's here. It's warm. Yeah. And today's going to be the same way. It's a few more degrees warmer than they had expected. Yeah. And so all of the forecasts have been adjusted. We're going to get near 90 degrees today. Yeah, it looks like that, 89. So uh, be prepared. And okay. it's going to kind of be that way right into the weekend and maybe then by Saturday, Sunday into the 90s. So <laughs> I keep watching that Sunday temperature because me, along with a lot of other wonderful people, we will be out to support our Lady of Peace retreat in Beaverton That's right. at the annual barbecue. Got the big picnic going on. Big so. picnic. So we want it not scorching hot. <laughs> yes. We want it cooler. But that fortunately, be nice. those beautiful grounds there, they've got a lot of trees. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. you can find a shady spot. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful area. That is for sure. So yeah, I still haven't run through the sprinkler. Got to do that. I'm going to set it up tonight. <laughs> You be ready for it tonight. I, I uh, maybe the water wiggle. Is that the one that has like it was like the clown head yeah. with the hair? And it f- 
or it flailed. No, well, or... yeah, it, it you you hooked it up to the hose, and it had kind of like a jet stream on it that pushed up. And then it w- went all wacky. It went all wacky. Yeah. That was it. I remember back in the day, you we just have like the little round sprinkler that everything came up. Yeah. And you know, when you were little, you'd be running, jumping over it, and then you'd fr- you wouldn't see where it was, and then <laughs> you'd kick it by accident, and yeah. then you'd cut your toe, and then water would be going sideways, and then my mom would yell and say, "Stop getting everything wet!" and then the fun was over and I had a bloody toe. Yeah, and then you'd go in and have a popsicle. <laughs> and a popsicle. That's right. <laughs> That's I, right. I That's a perfect rem- day. I always remember the one was the oscillating, you know, that it goes back, <laughs> back and, and forth, forth running through that one. That That's was a good fun because you could, could run and jump through it. And jump through it. Yeah. Like a like a Lippinsoner stallion. <laughs> That's just right. Jumping. <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> they st- yes, I think they still have the uh Oscillating sprinklers. I don't have one, but I think I believe they still have those. You I, ever see those? I believe they still have them. Yeah. I, I I suppose just a nice walk down a an aisle at Home Depot or Lowe's or any one of the lawn that. care places, yeah. you could see a myriad. I feel like I go through the little uh, nozzle heads that reach up to you know water my plants. Yeah, I feel like those only are designed to last a year, maybe two seasons, mm-hmm. and then you got to get a new one because the plastic cracks or yeah. something. I know. Okay. Well. <laughs> I'm going to water my plants, though, today. I think I've got one more season out of the one I've got. Sounds good. So uh, what do you got coming up this morning? David Pope Francis has arrived. He is in Lisbon for World Youth Day, along with hundreds of thousands of pilgrims. Officials believe, David, by Sunday, that number is going to top out close to a million people. That's a great turnout. I can't even believe this, so we're going to give you an update. And uh, Donald Trump indicted again. We'll have that for you in the news. So we got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. We're going to start things with Village Light and Sweetest Sound. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. All my burdens, born of suffering. All I carry, longing for a home We are homeless in our secrets No more wandering, I'm running to be known I'm not alone
That is Village Lights and the Sweetest Sound. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this beautiful Wednesday. Going to be warm today. My wife just texted me the name of that water toy I was trying to think about. Oh, what was it called? The Crazy Daisy. The Crazy Daisy? The Crazy Daisy. That's the thing. Ah, I, see I my like the sound of that. Running through the backyard with that thing. Get out the crazy daisy, that. Dad. <laughs> That's it. So thanks, thanks for that reminder. Of that I couldn't think of that. Uh, so you got a big exhibit uh, you're telling us about coming up, right? An iconography. This exhibit. is an incredible art form, and the way they are doing this at Mount Angel Abbey, just like they did back in the 1500s. All right, you're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Matri Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You send the Holy Spirit to them. You would send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matradayradio.com. It's barbecue time once again at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. Hi, it's Brenda from the Morning Blend. Join me and the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows for their 60th annual family barbecue on Sunday, August 6th. Hello, this is Sister Anne-Marie. And this is Sister Therese. Be a part of our celebration of family, friends, and good food. You can choose takeout drive through or eat outside on the retreat grounds. We will be serving you your favorites, including mouth-watering hamburgers, pulled pork, or grilled chicken. Find all the details at olpretreat.org. Mark your calendars for Sunday, August 6th, as the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows host their 60th annual family barbecue. Catch this tasty summer treat with Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. We'll, we'll see you there. And it is 713 at Mater Day Radio. Sunny skies today. Going to be warm. High of 89 degrees. Clear overnight tonight, low of 65, and then sunny again tomorrow, 88 Thursday, 89 Friday, <laughs> 91 Saturday, 93 Sunday. So uh, definitely a stretch of warm to hot weather ahead. Already 61 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 56 degrees at St. Cecilia Church in Beaverton. Well, those that travel to Mount Angel Abbey to take in the sights and sounds of the Abbey's Bach Festival, you can also take in the beauty of icons, 
that are on display right now in their library. Iconographers trained in a program founded at Mount Angel Abbey have on display original Byzantine icons. Joining me today to share more of the details about this special event is the executive director of the program, Christine Schlesser. She's joining me today to fill us in on this wonderful event and also to teach us a little bit about what we should be looking for when we view Byzantine icons. Christine, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation, Brenda. I'm really thrilled to be able to share my love of icons with your listeners today. Many of us who have looked at Byzantine icons, and there are icons in parishes, and we can look at them and go, okay, there are some unique features in an icon that are unique across the board. Share with our listeners a little bit about when they look at an icon, what are some of the features that make it stand out as a Byzantine icon? Well, I'm going to use the icon of the Mandulian as an example it would be the first icon that you see when you walk through the doors. Um, This one is the one that all of our beginning students write as their first icon, and it is the Holy Face of Christ. Um, There are quite a few different names for this particular icon. Uh, Most commonly, we call it the Holy Face, or the Mandelian, or the image not made by human hands. And this is an image in which we simply see Christ looking out at us, engaging us. And one of the features that you will always recognize or be able to recognize Christ is the fact that he is the only um, image in which we see a cruciform halo. Um, So you'll see the cross in the background, and he's got the characteristic images of um, what we would might see in the Shroud of Turin or depicted like on the Veil of Veronica. So he's got long, flowing locks. Oftentimes his beard will have a little split, and there will be like a couple of locks of hair on his forehead that are sort of symbolic of the drops of blood from the crown of thorns. And when you're looking at a Byzantine icon, it's not a naturalistic painting. And a lot of people think that the Byzantines didn't understand perspective or they were not skilled painters because they don't look natural, but that's not it at all. It it involves an entirely different form of perspective than Western painting. And the icons are intended to bring you closer in instead of providing a vanishing point to take you off into a distance. Our eyes in Byzantine icons are also very different. They are intended to simply gaze out either at you or above you, and no matter where you walk, they still seem to be there. And there are bright highlights in the face that are not coming from an outside light source. They come from within, because everyone that we depict in icons is in their glorified state. So the interior light that you see is divine light. And so you will see that like at the top of the cheeks and around the eyes, um, around the nose, around the ears, and on the seat of wisdom, which is up at the forehead. So wherever one has heard the word of God or spoken the word of God or seen God, that's where you'll see the bright lights. And also another characteristic of Byzantine iconography is that we don't use a lot of curves. 
we make curves with straight lines or broken lines. And that's just a style that came from uh, the East that was then carried forward in the Russian tradition, which we followed. And we actually follow the, the Russian tradition primarily because um, as art developed in the West, Russia was so far away from the Renaissance that it wasn't affected by it. So the Byzantine style was most preserved in the Russian iconography. So that is the style that we teach at the Classical Iconography Institute. Christine, do we know where or how old the oldest icon is that started with this form that in history become this Byzantine style? What's the oldest one that the church knows about? Well, um, a lot of our very oldest icons were destroyed during the period of iconoclasm, which was um, in the 7th and 8th and 9th centuries. It actually came back twice. But there were some icons that were outside of the Byzantine Empire because of um, the Ottoman invasion. And so those were actually preserved. And so the oldest extant icon that we have right now is at St. Catherine's Monastery in the Sinai. And it's called the Sinai Pantocrator, or Christ, ruler of all. And it's a very interesting icon. A lot of people say, well, maybe the iconographer wasn't very skilled because the left eye is entirely different from the right eye. But it is actually the, what we call the first psychological portrait of Christ. If you cover up half of Christ's face, you'll clearly see Christ the judge. If you flip over and cover the other side, you'll see Christ the peacemaker. And it's a really beautiful icon of of um, both his human nature and his divine nature. And in it, he's giving the blessing and holding the gospel book. So it's really, um, it's a beautiful icon. And it, it was in the one method that preceded egg temper iconography, which we teach, called encaustic. So they used all the same dry pigments that we use, but instead of suspending them in egg emulsion, they suspended it in hot beeswax. And there are, are you know, uh, probably a couple thousand icons that were preserved at St. Catherine's Monastery in the Sinai. And so those are the oldest icons that we know, and they're actually um, digitally viewable, I believe, through Yale. And so that you can go and take a look at that particular icon, and it's even on Wikipedia because it's the most well-recognized ancient icon. Christine Flesher is joining me today. She's the executive director of a wonderful icon program founded at Mount Angel Abbey. And you have the opportunity to view some of those icons. They are on loan by their artists, people that have been through the program. And you can see this beautiful work. Christine, you just mentioned there a moment ago about this egg tempera. Talk a little bit about the colors that were available. It seems like perhaps maybe colors that we have today weren't necessarily available in the right forms, but what are you using to create the icons that kind of reckon back to an ancient form? Oh, the the pigments are so exciting. Everyone gets very energized when they learn about our pigments. Um, even though they are very ancient, there are so many colors available to us. We um, use pigments that are from natural um, sources, so they would be like natural earth ochres and ground minerals. And there are there are up to 500 different shades of 
natural earth ochres. So there is no shortage of color available to us and also ground minerals. And in order to keep up and preserve this ancient art form, uh, we use the pigments that we source from a shop in Florence, Italy, that preserves um, this ancient art form for the Uffizi as well. Um, It's a store um, right down the street from the Duomo called Zecchi's. And we have used their pigments um, since, oh gosh, the last 30 years because they are the most true to the original historic pigments used. So lots of different shades of brown and gold and green and even blue earth. Um, There's a really fabulous blue that comes from one place in the world in Russia. And there's so many different shades of green, and but the most exquisite and probably the most expensive that was used historically was derived from lapis lazuli. And the name of it in, in iconography or in other art forms is called ultramarine. And that just meant from across the sea because it came from Af- Afghanistan. Wow. And surprisingly, ancient people traveled a lot. We don't I don't think we fully understand how mobile they were. And this was a pigment that was traded and it was worth more than gold at the time. So you could often judge the value or the, I should say, the worth of the the value of the patron because they would underwrite um, a a piece of work and and actually contractually say how much lapis had to be in there. So generally, we always paint the garment of the Virgin Mary with lapis because it's a very precious color and it's blue, which is her color of divinity. Oh, I love that. Some of what you will be able to experience is what Christina is talking about in a very unique opportunity for people to come and view icons at Mount Angel Abbey Library. Christine, this has been a fascinating conversation. There is more I want to talk to you about, about these beautiful icons. I'm already coming up against our break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in our next half hour? It would be my pleasure. And it is 724 at Mater Day Radio. Well, if you haven't done so yet, please download the free Hail Mary Media app. It is loaded with information. You can access our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio, and you can sign up for customized prayer reminders and so much more. It is Mater Day Radio's free Hail Mary Media app. You can find out all the information on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? 
G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the, the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. The things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 727 at Mater Day Radio. Donald Trump due in court tomorrow as he faces another indictment. We'll have that story for you in the news. And Pope Francis has arrived in Lisbon for World Youth Day. I have an update on his activities, plus some of the things the uh, close to a million pilgrims they expect yeah. will be doing this week. That coming up in three minutes. This is Ben Walter ablaze. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That is Ben Walther and Ablaze. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Thousands of pilgrims have arrived for World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal, ready for opening ceremonies and a week of wonderful events. Andreas Todhausen, EWTN News Nightly Correspondent, is there in Lisbon. So they're really already hundreds and thousands of people in Lisbon right now. The organizers said today there are 190 or 200,000 registered pilgrims here. Altogether, they have registrations for 354,000 pilgrims, but they also expect to ri- the, the number to rise until Sunday, until the final Holy Mass with Pope Francis, to be close to a million. And uh, they, they are prepared for that. They are looking forward to welcome all the pilgrims here. And they also say for every registered pilgrim, there's one, possibly two or three pilgrims that are not registered. Arriving in Lisbon for World Youth Day, Pope Francis on Wednesday called on Portugal leaders to promote peace, families and environmental stewardship policies, he said, would help light lamps of hope across Europe. In his first hours in Portugal's coastal capital, the Holy Father met with President Marcelo Reblo de Souza, Assembly President Augusto Ernesto Silva, and other civil authorities in Lisbon. In his address to the dignitaries, Pope Francis described Lisbon as a city of encounter, which embraces many peoples and cultures, one that is grounded in a desire to be open to the world And to explore it, the Pope will be in Portugal until Sunday, during which he is scheduled to attend several events at World Youth Day and elsewhere in the country. He will depart for Rome after offering Mass in the Lisbon Tejo Park. All right. Is that the opening ceremonies? Is that where they're doing it? So I believe so. And they have pictures on the line. They have this vast area. And it's just you can actually see the downtown area of Lisbon from the field. Mm -hmm. And so it's not far from downtown Lisbon, it looks like. And it's a a large area. And the stage and the altar itself, enormous. Wow. That's exciting. Well, Donald Trump has now been indicted for the third time with the former president being charged Tuesday in Washington over his efforts to overturn his defeat in the 2020 election. Special counsel Jack Smith, who indicted Trump in the election case, has also charged Trump in federal court with the illegal retention of top secret documents. In New York, Trump faces criminal charges in a hush money case and a civil trial over his business practices. And in Georgia, a county district attorney is expected to announce charging decisions this month over efforts by Trump and his allies to overturn his 2020 election loss in the state. Tuesday's indictment against Trump includes conspiring to defraud the United States government and conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. The former president is due in court tomorrow in the nation's capital. At the Knights of Columbus annual convention in Orlando being held August 1st to the 3rd, Supreme Knight Patrick Kelly had a message for the 2,300 knights and family members gathered to hear his report on the state of the world's largest Catholic fraternal order. As knights, he said, what we do reflects who we are. We are faithful Catholics and disciples of Jesus Christ, he said. In his address for the 141st Supreme Convention of the Knights of Columbus, Kelly illustrated how the Knights' goal of being first in faith, 
First in Charity drew its source from a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. For two million Knights of Columbus, the $185 million given to charity, 49 million hours of volunteer service, and record $121 billion of life insurance in force over the past year sprang from the one mission their founder, Blessed Michael McGivney, gave them, and that was to follow Christ. Since he became the Fraternal Order's 14th Supreme Knight, Kelly has emphasized the importance of cultivating discipleship as the heart of the Knight's Catholic identity. While not unexpected, COVID-19 hospitalizations are on the rise for the first time since the beginning of 2023. Health officials say it is difficult to know how many infections are circulating in the U.S. due to the end-of-state data reporting requirements, but there was a 10% increase in weekly COVID-19 hospital admissions in mid-July. But the number of hospitalizations still near an all-time low. The White House says the U.S. is well-positioned to manage the virus heading into the fall. Officials say there are many more people vaccinated as well as more people who have recovered from COVID-19 and have some level of immunity. Vaccine manufacturers are working on readying updated COVID vaccines for the fall after the FDA recommended in June that the shot should target a particular Omicron strain. Clark College in Vancouver announced Monday it had received a $1 million grant in federal funding to develop a center for clean energy. The funds will be used to purchase clean energy technology and equipment to help produce trained clean energy technicians needed across the greater Portland area and beyond, the college said in a press release. John McDonough, president of the Greater Vancouver Chamber of Commerce, lauded the funding as a critical investment in the future of Clark County's clean energy productions, saying one of the biggest challenges is finding skilled employees to fill the high-wage job in these industries. The grant will enhance Clark's mechatronics technology program, the automotive technology program, and help develop the advanced manufacturing program at the Boshma Farms campus set to open in 2025. The college plans to purchase a solar array, hydro trainer, small-scale wind tower, four electric vehicles, and more to support the new Center for Clean Energy. Well, in sports, a big meeting yesterday between Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov and University Athletic Directors as presidents as he presented details of a long-awaited media rights deal. Now, the terms of the deal have yet to be released, but ESPN reported the deal would make Apple's online streaming service, Apple TV, the primary home of Pac-12 football games, and the total value would be dependent on the number of subscriptions purchased. Whether or not the deal is enough to hold the Pac-12 together remains to be seen. USC and UCLA are heading to the Big Ten after this season. Colorado is moving to the Big 12. The Arizona schools are reportedly in discussions about their fate, and the other Pac-12 schools have yet to reveal their thoughts on the media rights deal. So... I don't know. Uh, this is uh, confusing. I, I, I mean, and it is difficult to understand all the ins and outs, but didn't we think that there would be a decision and an announcement made? Well, yes. And this <laughs> is, I guess this is an announcement, just not the one we were thinking. Well, and you know, it's, it just kind of drags on. And, and you know, 
tomorrow, the Pac-12 schools, most of them begin football camps heading into the season. You're, you're literally about a month away from the start of the season. Now, this doesn't affect this year's TV rights deal because that's already in place. Okay. This, is, this goes beyond to next year. But still, it's just the uncertainty because I think a lot of athletes and recruits want to know what is going to be the state of the Pac-12. So okay. I think you have that to look at. So like I said, stay tuned. It's still a month away, but the commercials are already on TV and moms and dads already making a plan for the new school year. It's just a few short weeks away and families are preparing for the year by starting to see those supplies arrive in in stores. They want to order some new backpacks and they've got to get down to the Dennis Uniform Store here in Portland and get their order in. It's a busy time for the long supplier of the favorite plaid plated skirts that the is the tell of Catholic school students for many years. As much as kids would love not to have to wear the same thing every day, day in, day out, and it can feel spendy for parents, there is some great benefits to clothing constancy. First of all, no peer pressure. There is not a label on a single one of these pieces of uniform that's going to stand out from the rest. It does, in fact, save money. Many schools put together uniform exchanges, so that way once they grow out of them, another generation is ready to uh, use those same uniforms, and they do tend to be pretty well-worn. It saves time. One-stop shopping, that's for sure. But if you've got to order those uniforms, now would be the time to get in there and get that done. So make sure you have everything that you need. It creates a sense of identity. Every Catholic school has their unique plaid laid out. In Mm -hmm. fact, all the way back to when I was in school at St. Mary's, well, that uniform came from Dennis Uniform, too. And I can see still my school plaid on the store shelves and it encourages them to follow rules. Now the kids of course love to press the boundaries, but well, when it comes to a uniform, when we want to be all together in this thing, you've got to follow the rules as to making sure your uniform looks like all of the other ones. Our self identity is much more than the clothes we wear and uniforms are only for school hours kids, you still have plenty of time outside of the classroom to wear what you want. Children have a myriad of ways to express themselves and their personalities, and that is something that parents should encourage. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. is First Friday Devotion at Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Portland. All are invited for confession starting at 7 o'clock. A Dominican Rite Low Mass with devotions to the Sacred Heart starting at 7.30. Remember, you can find more details. Just go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda will have more on the iconography exhibit at Mount Angel right after the forecast. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. 
Hi, I'm Father Jeff Irvin. Join Mater Dei Radio in the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon as we unite in prayer with St. Florian, the patron of firefighters, for our friends and neighbors affected by the wildfires. Let us pray the prayer of St. Florian. O Almighty God, whose great power and eternal wisdom embraces the universe, watch over all firefighters, protect them from harm in the performance of their duty to fight fire, save lives, and preserve property. We pray, help them to keep our homes and all buildings safe day and night. We recommend them to your loving care because their duty is dangerous. Grant them your unending strength and courage in their daily assignments. Dear God, protect these brave persons. Grant them your almighty protection and unite them safely with their families after duty has ended. St. Florian, pray for us. Amen. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 744 at Mater Dei Radio. Sunny and warm today, high 89 degrees. Clear overnight tonight, low of 65, and then sunny again tomorrow with a high of 88. Currently 58 degrees at St. Matthew's Catholic Church in Hillsboro. And 61 degrees at the St. Thomas More Newman Center in Eugene. And I'm back speaking with Christine Schlesser. She is the executive director of a beautiful iconography program that was founded at Mount Angel Abbey. Icons are on display now, and it's an opportunity for you to gaze upon very beautiful art form within our church. Christine, thank you so much for staying with me today. Yes, thank you for having me. Christine, we began to talk in our first half hour about the history of icons and some of the beautiful pigments that are used. But this is beyond a mere painting of an image. And it's often used the term written when talking about iconography. Can you explain that to us more? Yes. Uh, We say we write an icon because icons depict the Word of God in paint. And they all represent the Word, no matter who the subject is. Um, it's also a direct translation of, in, um, of the word iconography from Russian to English. So it's both a practical and a symbolic term. But I would say we say right because we are writing the gospel, and the gospel is a word. Christine, these beautiful images are on display there at Mount Angel Abbey. Tell our listeners a little bit when they come down to visit what they're going to see and whose artwork this is. Oh, well, we have over 60 icons on display here, and they range from our most advanced students are in the, um, on the panels here. 
uh, to iconographers who have been affiliated with the Iconographic Arts Association or Institute here at Mount Angel since the early um, 80s. So they're professional people who are taking commissions for um, churches and for individuals. But we also have a wall of icons in the back from our student classes right now. And people can get an idea of what can be expected to be learned in a beginning class, in a level two class, and in an intermediate class. And they're all on the back wall um, on the large panels um, facing the library. And inside the the display, you'll see archangels uh, Michael and Gabriel, um, St. Nicholas, different um, Pantocrator icons, and of course, um, our Mother of God. Um, there are a few interesting um, subject matters, too, of like the conversion of St. Paul. It's a very unusual one. We have a really lovely Our Lady of Guadalupe and several different versions of St. John the Baptist, in which he is shown as the warrior or the athlete of God. And in that icon, he is portrayed with a really big chest, like he has, this shows endurance, that he can really run the distance for God. And people will look at it and say, why are his arms so skinny? Well, that is symbolic of his ascetic life. He's also wearing a camel hair um, hair shirt and holding his staff of authority. So whenever you see something in iconography that strikes you as unusual, it's, just, it's there to take your attention to that, and it's symbolic of a bigger topic. So it isn't that we didn't know how to draw an anatomically correct arm. It's to show that he made sacrifices for us being an ascetic. Christine, when people are viewing these uh, pieces of art, and you said the different panels, is there a special type of base, and how are they learning what to put these icons onto? Yeah, I'd love to tell you about that, because that's a really unique feature of an icon. Um, our icons are written on, on wood, and it's a special kind of wood. It's made from a non-resinous type of wood. It's linden wood. And in the back, often you'll see these protruding pieces of, of wood, and people often think, well, well, I better tap that in. It's not flush with the frame. I've had people try to do that. Those are actually there to stabilize the board so that if in 100 or 200 years it begins to warp, there's an, another piece of wood behind it made of a hardwood that they would tap in, and that would straighten the board out. And that's how over the centuries... Um, the icon panels would stay straighter in the church setting because wood has a natural tendency to work, still being alive. So when we get the wood panel, we prepare the panel uh, by creating gesso. And we cook gesso um, from rabbit skin glue, powdered marble or calcium carbonate, and beef gelatin. And it's an old recipe that um, is in a manual that we often follow, and it's uh, from the 15th century, and it's it's written by an artist, and it kind of contains all the different recipes that various artists over the times have used. And we teach our students how to do that in the summer, we, and we have a little pay-it-forward program where every student makes a board for another student because that was made for them. So after we, we cook, cook this gesso, 
Um, it's very thin, and we apply it with a with a brush to the panel. And as it hardens, it gets a little thicker, almost like a like an opaque gelatin. And then we'll rub that into the board, and there'll be 10 to 20 layers on every board, which then gets sanded down to the finish of almost like a high-polished marble finish. And that is really important to reflect the light. Because when you're looking at an icon, the pigment that is on there is designed to be completely transparent. An icon might have 200 transparent layers of pigment on it. It's not a quick process. Wow. And after every transparent layer, there has to be a drying time. And so what do we do while we wait for paint to dry? We pray. <laughs> and so every one of these icons is infused with prayer. And after it's all dry, you'll see a luminosity that you won't get from a regular, say, oil painting because of that beautiful gesso background and the transparent layers and the light going through all of those layers to the base of the gesso and then reflecting back to you. Wow. I, I am amazed. I never even considered what goes into just creating the wood in which that would receive the, the pigments and everything to create an icon. That is absolutely fascinating. And to know how old these recipes are that creates all of these things. That is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Now, there are some people listening to that think, I would love to know more about this. Do you have this class available to anyone who wants to participate? Or is this something specific? specific to those attending Mount Angel Abbey? No, we welcome anyone who would love to seek truth through beauty to come to our program. Uh, we are, um, all of our classes are posted at classicaliconography.org. We are a 501c3 nonprofit fine arts educational institute, and our objective is to train those who really wish uh, to, to pursue this calling to become proficient enough to be able to create icons for, for prayer and liturgical use. So we offer um, a fall program that is 14 weeks long, once a week, two and a half hours a night, and usually by the end of 14 weeks, um, an icon will be finished. We also offer the one-week intensive retreat here at Mount Angel Abbey because this provides an opportunity for people who maybe live outside the area or have a week of vacation that they'd like to devote. And they can come here and be in the Abbey setting, in a monastic setting where iconography was born. So uh, we offer two different options, and our fall classes will be posted here in the upcoming weeks. Um, we are moving temporarily over to a new location of, um, on the campus of Holy Rosary, and so we welcome students to come. We do have to limit the class because of size, and so I would encourage anyone who's interested to check into it quickly because usually our classes sell out. I could imagine so. That is fabulous. Well, Christine, thank you so much for joining us. Boy, I feel like there was so much more to talk about for our listeners. Please, I encourage them to come down and see the display there at Mount Angel Abbey and to check out your website as well. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this beautiful sacred art with your listeners. And again, that is Christine Schlesser. You're going to be able to find more information about the display and also on how to sign up for upcoming classes. I will be sure to add the links that she was talking about. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Wednesday. You know what it is Wednesday evening? Wonderful locally produced program. That would be Blazing the Trail with our good friend Miriam Marston. We have a lot of great locally produced programs throughout the day on Mater Day Radio. Go to our website, click on the programming page, and you can print yourself out a full program schedule. Gives you all the details Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Again, it's on our website at materdayradio.com, or you can access it through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene. Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Summertime is a great time to drive the open road. Unless your old, reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Day Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast and in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 757 and Mater Day Radio. And a new study is out on drinking and your blood pressure. We'll have that for you coming up in the news. And maybe they are out there. Does the church have an opinion? On UFOs. Mm. Well, one priest has something to say about it. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Eusebius was born in 283 AD to a pious family. His family was so on fire with their love for God that his father became a martyr in his youth, followed by his mother later on in her old age. His sister became a mother superior at the monastery in Vercelli that Eusebius himself founded. Yes. He and his family were quite pious individuals. Appointed as the first bishop of Vergelli by Pope St. Julius I, Eusebius set to work defending the faith against Arianism and the denial of Christ's divinity. Because of this supposedly flawed way of thinking, the Emperor Constantinus exiled Eusebius to Palestine and Cappadocia until he swore to stop speaking against the Arianists. But the bishop could do no such thing with the one truth being threatened. The emperor attempted to silence Eusebius by keeping him locked up in a prison for a good bit of his exile. Constantine hoped that this would drain the bishop's energy and quickly seize his preaching. 
If anything, this gave Eusebius time to reflect and solidify his heart exactly what God was asking of him. As soon as he was released from the confinements, he went right back to preaching against the heretical teachings of Arianism. This is where our saint's story begins to grow dim. We know that he was in fact a prolific writer, but unfortunately, none of his writings survived over time. They were either lost, destroyed, or hidden from the world. Some believe the saint was martyred by the Arians because of how often he spoke out against them, while others believed he passed from his cruel exile. Either way, he is definitely declared a martyr of the church. Looking at his life, Saint Eusebius was blessed with so many models of authentic faith that assured him that there was something worth fighting for. I'm a firm believer that we are the people who we surround ourselves with, and he understood this to be more than beneficial for his own faith life. This doesn't mean that you can't have friends or people in your life who don't think or act the same as you. That's not at all what I'm saying. But having those models of faith who encourage you to grow can make all the difference of going through life and living for Christ. Saint Eusebius could have enjoyed a simple and hidden life as an obedient bishop to the emperor of his time. But like I've mentioned before about becoming a saint, it all comes down to who you are trying to please on this side of heaven. Are you trying to please emperors and nations? Or the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end, our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe? We're gonna end today's reflection with a prayer to Saint Eusebius. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, Saint Eusebius affirmed the divinity of your Son by keeping the faith he taught. May we come to share the eternal life of Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Saint Eusebius of Vercelli, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints and to pray with Mater Dei Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Arriving in Lisbon for World Youth Day, Pope Francis on Wednesday called on Portugal's leaders to promote peace, families, and environmental stewardship. Policies, he said, would help light lamps of hope across Europe. The Pope also touched on what he called the fear of forming families and bringing children into the world that he said has gripped much of the younger generations. Like most of Europe, Portugal has for decades seen a birth rate significantly below the replacement rate, with the country's population essentially flat since the turn of the century. Demographers have warned that sharply falling fertility rates in Europe and elsewhere pose a significant threat to the stability of nations, with many Western countries facing the near future prospects of decline and insolvency with fewer and fewer citizens and workers to help build their respective economies and maintain their national identities. Pope Francis argued in his speech that the crisis calls for reversing the fall in the birth rate and the weakening of the will to live. Well, the city of Portland has released the results of a survey done in partnership with Portland State University. It shows that Portlanders are most concerned with homelessness, the cost of living, and safety. In regards to homelessness, nearly half of the respondents said the city should use its budget to fund affordable housing and homeless services. Biggest area of displeasure was with how clean Portland's public spaces are. 
Three-quarters of the respondents said they were dissatisfied or very dissatisfied, but a majority of people were fine with how the parks and natural areas looked. There was a big split in how people felt about walking in the city. The vast majority said they felt safe in the day in their own neighborhoods, but many did not feel safe walking in the central city at night. Several hundred clergy processed into the opening mass for the Knights of Columbus 2023 annual convention, escorted by uniformed fourth degree knights. I welcome all of you to this place and home of faith, said Bishop John Noonan of Orlando, the chief celebrant of the August 1st Mass, welcoming the 2300 knights and family members in the temporary sanctuary where an icon of Jesus Christ as the Good Shepherd looked out over the gathering. The Knights of Columbus 141st Supreme Convention held August 1st to the 3rd in Orlando gathered knights, both lay and clergy from all over the globe at the Orlando World Center Marriott showing its international reach and Catholic nature of the Brotherhood. More than 50 bishops and archbishops were in attendance, which also included three cardinals, Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York, Cardinal James Harvey, a U.S. prelate who is archpriest of Rome's Basilica of St. Paul outside the wall, and Cardinal Daniel DiNardo of Galveston, Houston. In his homily, Bishop Noonan reminded the Knights the U.S. Church has called in its 2022 to 2025 National Eucharistic Revival to celebrate the sacredness, the beauty, and the presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Well, here is something to consider when you pour yourself a drink. According to a new study released Monday in the journal Hypertension, As little as one alcoholic drink a day increased systolic blood pressure, that's the top number in a blood pressure reading, even in men and women with no existing hypertension. Now, the negative impact of alcohol on systolic blood pressure continued to rise over the years, the study found, even in men and women who drank a little each day. Now, small amounts of alcohol also raised the lower or diastolic blood pressure reading, but only in men, according to the study. Now, one of the study's authors, Dr. Marco Vincenti, indicates that alcohol is certainly not the sole driver of increases in blood pressure. However, the study's findings confirm it contributes in a meaningful way, adding while limiting alcohol intake is advised, avoiding it is even better. You and I were talking about this. Sure. About how it seems the older you get, the harder it is for your body to metabolize or, or uh, you know, just handle alcohol in any case. And we both kind of feel that way. Yeah, I I, I am affected. I, I just am. And so I just, because of it, I, I don't uh, have cocktails very often. It just... I don't sleep well. Yeah, I know. I just don't sleep well. And (laughs) I have come to learn the older you get, the value of a good night's sleep. Yes, so true. Palm Beach County, Florida, has already shattered the record for the number of turtle nests recorded during a single nesting season on Juneau Beach with three months of counting still to come. By Sunday, the 9.5-mile Juneau Beach in the northern part of the county has seen 21,872 mostly loggerhead sea turtle nests compared to the end-of-season total last year, 
of 18,132. Mm. The overwhelming majority, around 15,000 of the nests, belong to loggerhead species, but green and leatherback sea turtles also nest there. All of these species are considered vulnerable or endangered. Dr. Justin Peralt, vice president of research at Loggerhead Marine Life Center, said in a news release, ocean conservation efforts that have been practiced for decades are finally coming to fruition, and we need to make sure that we continue to protect these animals and their ecosystems. In recent years, some U.S. Gulf Coast and Atlantic states have seen record increases in turtle nests, projecting an image of the United States as a turtle sanctuary, since any turtle that hatches there will return year after year to lay their eggs on the same beach they were born on. Turtles are cool. I Aren't like turtles. They? Yeah. The there's something about heads. them. Yeah. There's something about their noggins that yeah. are just cool looking, huh? Have you ever seen those videos where the little guys are trying to make it to the ocean? Oh from my the gosh. Nest? Yes. yes you, oh, well, you're rooting for them. I know you are. You can make it. I swam next to a, a turtle once. Really? It was when the one trip that we took to Hawaii several years ago, we were just out on the beach and we were just bobbing. And then I, I turned around and, and maybe less than 10 yards, five yards maybe less. There it was. He looked up at me and then back under the water. And I'm like, should I see that turtle? That's cool. It was kind of neat. That is. Well, in sports, it has been a stellar year, both on and off the floor for the University of Portland women's basketball team. And the pilots have just learned that for the second year in a row, they have been named to the Women's Basketball Coaches Association Academic Top 25. The list features teams across all divisions in the NCAA as well as the NAIA that posted the highest combined GPAs inclusive of all student-athletes on their rosters for the entire season. The Pilots ranked 17th on the list with a team GPA of a little over 3.6. Robert Morris was first on the list at the Division I level at 3.8. Now on the floor, Portland won the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship for the second time in four years this season and played in their first NCAA tournament game since 1997. That's important. You're in school for education. You're a student athlete. That's exactly it. Student always comes first. Mm -hmm. Last week saw a UAP hearing. That's Unidentified Anomalous Phenomenon. We know them as UFOs. UFOs. That's right. It stood out for the sensational claims made under oath that craft of unknown and possibly alien origin not only have appeared in our seas and skies, but that some of these crafts have crashed and are in the possession of the U.S. government. The Defense Department has denied the experience of crash retrieval programs and says that it is actively working to study anomalous phenomenon. Many scientists, including an astronomer at the Vatican Observatory, have expressed skepticism that aliens could be regularly visiting Earth while agreeing that UAP should be rigorously studied. Hours before the hearing, a long line of UFO enthusiasts and podcasters had lined up hoping to watch the hearings in person. Many were turned away. But among those who made it into the hearing room was Martin Willis, host of Podcast UFO, which is all about UFOs, he said. Willis grabbed short interviews with several participants and attendees before and after the event. One figure in particular caught his eye. 
That's a priest. Yeah. The priest, Father Matthew Gray, amicably explained that he was not there in any official capacity, but simply as an Air Force priest who was curious about the topic. Truth is truth, and the truth needs to be known, he said. Of course, the discussion immediately turned to the church's position on the possibility of extraterrestrial life. Father Gray referenced a story about Pope John Paul II, who, when asked by a little girl if aliens existed, had purportedly replied, Don't ever forget, if they do, they're created by God, and we should love them also. Father Gray said that he looked forward to the church further addressing the issue of extraterrestrial life. He later added that if aliens are ever proven to exist, the church has already stated that it would just further show God's creativity and his goodness. All right. So, you know, you saw the movie E.T. Oh, sure. Yeah, there you go. He was wonderful. Yeah, wasn't he great? He liked those uh, peanut, uh, what were they? they Like Skittles pieces, Reese's Pieces, something like that. Yeah. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. August 7th to the 9th is a family inner healing retreat in Sherwood at St. Francis Catholic Church. This is a free event. No registration is needed. Father Anthony Parakimal from the Divine Retreat Center in India will lead this event. There will be mass, praise and worship, talks, adoration, inner healing and deliverance prayers. All are invited. No retreat cost. And no registration required. Just walk in to experience the power of God. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So is uh, Dina Marie joining us next? She is joining us next. She's got a busy uh, end of summer and fall season coming up. All right. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. The average smartphone has more than 40 apps installed, and most of them are never used. Clear this clutter from your phone and make Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app your go-to spiritual resource. It's got everything you need to grow in holiness, including a huge library of enriching prayers, liturgy of the hours with the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, 
and a personalized schedule of your daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also contains a stream of Day Radio's live broadcast, podcast of our original shows, including programs not heard on the radio. Plus, you'll find fun things to do on the interactive community calendar, Catholic news, and so much more. The Hail Mary Media app has everything you need to grow closer to Christ all in one place. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the iOS App Store, Google Play, or MatradayRadio.com. Declutter your phone and turn to the Hail Mary Media app from Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 814 Day Radio. Sunny, nice day today. Going to be kind of warm, high of 89 degrees. Mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 65. And then sunny really right on through the weekend. High stretching from the high 80s into the low 90s. Currently 60 degrees at St. Mary's of Guadalupe Catholic Church in Richfield. And 64 degrees at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. We've been talking about how Pope Francis has taken the month of July off, but boy, come World Youth Day, he will be back at work full swing. Well, one person I know who never takes the summer off, who is always ready to do God's good work, it is our good friend Dina Marie Hale. Good morning, (laughs) Dina Marie. You are always ready for the next adventure dina marie you've got a full summer ahead you thought what a summertime's a perfect time to dive deep into our faith isn't it yeah it really is it, it's such a beautiful time i mean you guys have mentioned we've had these long sunny beautiful days but i think our schedule our clocks change a little bit so you know it's time to look at how do i really grow with my with my relationship with Christ, with my relationship with others. And that's what I'm really learning being here in a new community is getting connected with my parish community. We're involved with a, a, a search program, which is kind of a pre-RCIA, just for people who might be thinking about uh, learning more about God, learning more about the church. We've got something going on this summer every Thursday night at uh, St. Rose Immaculate Heart. So again, being with people who want to learn, who want to grow, and to be um, a guide, a mentor, a prayer partner for them, that's really, I think, a special thing. I think we have to reach out to our community, get involved. I saw the Vacation Bible School programs going on. I just thought about when I was a kid, that's something that touched my life was being involved in, you know, Vacation Bible School during the week, you're out of school, but to be part of your faith. And I think that's why I call my ministry faith moments. You know, I want to encourage, I want to be part of more faith moments in people's lives. And if it's, you know, a simple thing like a, a ice cream social after mass to get to know somebody, you know, take advantage of those faith moments. I love how you say that, too, because those moments happen all the time. We we focus our Sunday liturgy to give that time to God. But when you look for those little moments throughout the week, you carry that liturgy with you throughout the whole week and God's love to those who you happen to come across. We talked earlier last time you were on, you had your 33 Days of Morning Glory event that is starting up soon, and it is full other people wanting to join you for this wonderful event but you often spend time with our lady of peace retreat the franciscan sisters there they're another group of people they don't slow down at all during the summertime 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. And I just heard Sister Anne-Marie on yesterday on the program. I love the video with her in studio. And, yes, they are totally getting ready for that barbecue. And then it just keeps going. They'll have a women's retreat at the end of the month. But in between those things, I'm going to be heading over to the sisters. And kind of uh, before COVID hit, we had these twilight talks where I had on a quarterly basis an evening talk. We had um, time for fellowship and we close the evening with an hour of adoration and just a holy hour in the middle of the week. And people have just loved it. And so we've put a couple more of those on the calendar this month. We have one on September 13th. It's a Wednesday night at Our Lady of Peace Retreat. And again, a time to come together, see your fellow community members. Uh, we'll have an inspiring talk and then we'll head over to the chapel together and, and just let the Lord soak in our lives. And I think that's what we need. So I'm, I'm grateful to the sisters. They open up their retreat house for so many different types of events. And so this twilight talk on September 13th, doors will open at 630 to come into the retreat house. I'll just be looking forward to meeting people there. And then at the end of the month, I'm excited about heading over to the grotto. And we love the grotto. Chris Blanchard and his team are so amazing with all the things that they're doing. And they're moving into a, a celebration of 100 years. But I'll, I'll offer a mini retreat called Renew, Refresh, and Retreat at the Grotto on Friday. Now, I didn't pick it because it was David's birthday, but it is the <laughs> Feast of the, <laughs> Thank the, you. Feast of the <laughs> Holy Angels. I thought, hey, what a great day to get together is on David's birthday and on the Feast of the Archangels to talk about the angels, to talk about our Blessed Mother, and to talk about prayer. So we're going to do that at the Grotto, 9.30 till about 11.30. And then again, what I want people to do get involved in prayer. So, of course, the grotto has uh, the rosary right before the Mass. About 11.30, we'll head over to the beautiful Chapel of Mary and then uh, and then stay for that beautiful Holy Mass at noon at the grotto on uh, Friday, September 29th. So, yeah, it's a busy month coming up. I'm excited. Or, uh, it's in two months, but you got a plan, right? August is almost done. We haven't gotten there yet. But those are the things coming up is really getting people back on track with their faith and it's one prayer at a time. You know, it's August as, uh, you know, we look at the calendar, which makes me think August, September, October, October. Uh, you know There's what happens in October. On. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Rosary Bowl. It's Rosary Bowl. It yeah. is Rosary Bowl time, David. And uh, and what I love is that it's only happened a couple times. The way the calendar fits is our Rosary Bowl falls on the feast of Our Lady of Rosary, uh, Our Lady of the Holy Rosary, Our Lady of Victory, on October 7th this year. So it's kind of special to have the Rosary Bowl fall on Our Lady's Feast Day, which is the first Saturday, uh, you know, a big devotion for us as well. And this year, uh, well, I'll just kind of put the word out there, uh, Father Brian Milady, our Dominican priest, you know, one of so many Dominican priests who serve here, he's going to be our keynote speaker. Oh, nice. And I thought it would be just really great to have one of our Dominicans come and share on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. It's their special feast day as Dominicans as well. So we'll be in Salem. It'll be a full day of activities. It's always free. We'll have a great um, kind of luncheon provided for people and then mass with Bishop Peter Smith. Uh, so I want people to mark the calendar, save the date, first Saturday, uh, get to the Rosary Bowl in Salem. I know we'll talk about it more on Modern Day Radio, and it'll be on our website as well, rosarybowlnw.org. What, what location again this year? This is actually, if people are familiar with the Blanchett Catholic School, we're across the street at the East 
Salem Community Center. Oh. So they've got a nice sanctuary facility and a big hall area so we can have all of our vendors. We've got the Eucharistic Miracles and a rosary display this year. So it, it has a nice place for us to have mass, have the rosary, have the um, have the uh, keynote speaker, and we'll have a couple of special things happening with the Knights of Columbus as well going on. So it's uh, easy to get to off of Market Street. Uh, you take that Market Street exit, and you're almost there, and plenty of parking, and again, a, a way to make those faith moments happen. Oh, Dina Marie, it is always such a wonderful event to join together with our community. That power of the rosary, so important to a world in need and to the area here in the Pacific Northwest. So we look forward to that again. So, well, we love having you on in the morning. You got a full, you got 33 days to morning glory. You've got OLP events, Twilight Talks, and we really appreciate your time today. And uh, we'll talk again real soon. Great, you guys. Have a blessed day. Thanks so much. You too. 823 at Day Radio. You know, one of the ways you can support Day Radio, vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Day Radio. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, take you to the main page there, all the information. Really quick and easy couple forms to fill out and you're good to go, it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Matraday Radio's vehicle donation program. Find it on our website at matradayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Are you passionate about student-centered Catholic education and helping children grow as disciples of Christ? Sacred Heart Catholic School in Jervis, Oregon is hiring for new teachers to join their team in the heart of the beautiful Willamette Valley. Current openings include teachers for pre-K, fourth and fifth grade, and middle school. For more information, please visit school.shstl.org. That's school.shstl.org. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? 
Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Day Radio or anytime on MatodeRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.26 at Mater Day Radio. A little uptick in hospitalizations of COVID-19. We'll have that for you in the news. And Pope Francis has arrived in Lisbon for World Youth Day along with hundreds of thousands of pilgrims. How high will that number go up? Officials think Close to a million. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is John Finch and Wildfire. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. You are my heart's one desire. Cleanse my soul with your fire. And you make me anew. You are a flame alive in me, within my heart burning deep, you shine through the dark, you shine through the dark, it's burning, 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 spread it wild and free.
That is John Finch and Wildfire. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In your news this hour, thousands of pilgrims have arrived for World Youth Day. Andreas Thodhausen, EWTN News nightly correspondent, is there on the ground. So there are really already hundreds and thousands of people in Lisbon right now. The organizers said today there are 190 or 200,000 registered pilgrims here. Altogether, they have registrations for 354,000 pilgrims, but they also expect to ri- the, the number to rise until Sunday, until the final Holy Mass with Pope Francis, to be close to a million. And uh, they, they are prepared for that. They are looking forward to welcome all the pilgrims here. Here. And they also say for every registered pilgrim, there's one, possibly two or three pilgrims that are not registered. Arriving in Lisbon for World Youth Day, Pope Francis on Wednesday called on Portugal's leaders to promote peace, families and environmental stewardship policies, he said, would help light lamps of hope across Europe. Donald Trump has now been indicted for the third time, with the former president being charged Tuesday in Washington over his efforts to overturn his defeat in the 2020 election. Special counsel Jack Smith, who indicted Trump in the election case, has also charged Trump in federal court with the illegal retention of top-secret documents. In New York, Trump faces criminal charges in a hush-money case and a civil trial over his business practices. And in Georgia, a county district attorney is expected to announce charging decisions this month over efforts by Trump and his allies to overturn his 2020 election loss in the state. Tuesday's indictment against Trump includes conspiring to defraud the United States government and conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. The former president is due in court tomorrow in the nation's capital. At the Knights of Columbus annual convention in Orlando, Supreme Knight Patrick Kelly had a message for the 2,300 knights and family members gathered August 1st to hear his report on the state of the world's largest Catholic fraternal order. As knights, he said, what we do reflects who we are. We are faithful Catholics and disciples of Jesus Christ, he said. In his address for the 141st Supreme Convention of the Knights of Columbus, Kelly illustrated how the Knights' goal of being first in faith, first in charity, drew its source from a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. For two million Knights of Columbus, the $185 million given to charity, the 49 million hours of volunteer service, and record 121 billion dollars of life insurance in force over the past year sprang from the one mission their founder, blessed Michael McGivney, gave to them that was to follow Christ. Since he became the Fraternal Order's 14th Supreme Knight, Kelly has emphasized the importance of cultivating discipleship as the heart of a knight's Catholic identity. Wow, those are some impressive numbers. Isn't that, I was amazed at the amount of life insurance yeah. in force right now. That's an incredible number. Well, while not unexpected, COVID-19 hospitalizations are rising for the first time since the beginning of 2023. Health officials say it's difficult to know how many infections are circulating in the U.S. due to the end-of-state data reporting requirements, but there was a 10% increase in weekly COVID-19 hospital admissions in mid-July. 
But the number of hospitalizations still near an all-time low. The White House says the U.S. is well-positioned to manage the virus heading into the fall. Officials say there are many more people vaccinated, as well as more people who have recovered from COVID-19 and have some level of immunity. Now, vaccine manufacturers are working on readying updated COVID vaccines for the fall after the FDA recommended in June that the shot should target a particular Omicron strain. Clark College in Vancouver announced Monday it has received a $1 million in federal funding to develop a center for clean energy. The funds will be used to purchase clean energy technology and equipment to help produce train clean energy technicians needed across the greater Portland area and beyond, the college said. John McDonough, president of the Greater Vancouver Chamber of Commerce, lauded the funding as a critical investment in the future of Clark County's clean energy production. One of the biggest challenges, he said, is finding skilled employees to fill the high-wage jobs in these industries. The grant will enhance Clark's Mechatronic Technology Program, the Automotive Technology Program, and help develop the Advanced Manufacturing Program at the Boshma Farms campus set to open in 2025. The college plans to purchase a solar array, hydro trainer, small-scale wind tower, four electric vehicles, and more to support the new Center for Clean Energy. See, you know, your son is interested in automotive. I was really interested to read about yeah. that and know the, the technology advancement in that and clean energy. There's a bright future, hopefully, for him uh, in mechanics. I was going to say, that's kind of the wave of the future right there. So uh, something to look into. Well, in Sporks, a big meeting yesterday between Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov and University Athletic Directors and Presidents as he presented details of a long-awaited media rights deal. Terms of the deal have yet to be released, but ESPN reported the deal would make Apple's online streaming service, Apple TV, the primary home of Pac-12 football games, and the total value would be dependent on the numbers of subscriptions purchased. Now, whether or not the deal is enough to hold the Pac-12 together remains to be seen. USC and UCLA are heading to the Big Ten after this season. Colorado is moving to the Big 12. The Arizona schools are reportedly in discussions about their fate, and the other Pac-12 schools have yet to reveal their thoughts on the media rights deal. So again, no real decisions here as of yet, so I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll see where it goes. While the school year for our area typically begins right after Labor Day, we are already seeing the effects of the upcoming school year in the stores. Now is the time where families are preparing, getting new supplies, getting those backpacks and lunch boxes, and making that annual trip to Dennis Uniform for new uniforms. It's a busy time for the long supplier of the favorite plaid pleated skirt that is the tell of Catholic school students for many years. As much as kids would love not to have to wear them the same thing every single day, and they can be spendy sometimes for families, there are some great benefits to the clothing constancy. First, there is no peer pressure to have a certain brand of clothing. 
Everybody is wearing the mm-hmm. same plaid. It does, in fact, save money with only having to purchase a couple of uniforms, and that's all they wear for the whole year. They tend to hold up a little bit longer. Many schools also offer school trade-ins in the for the students right. to, you know, bring in the ones that don't fit and go up to an upper size to take ones home that do. It does save time. You're not having to go to multiple stores trying to put things together. Kids in the morning aren't running around wondering what they're going to wear today. They already know. Mm -hmm. It creates a sense of identity. Every school, they have their own unique plaid, and they have been around for many, many years. And it encourages them to follow the rules, learn how to work within the boundaries set before them in a school setting. Our self-identity is much more than the clothes we wear and uniforms are only for school hours. Kids still have plenty of time outside of the classroom to wear what they want to wear. Our children have a myriad of ways to express themselves and their personalities. That's something parents should encourage. So I wonder how plaid got to be the look. For Catholic schools. Yeah, yeah. That is interesting. How was it plaid? I'm not sure. All right. You should ask somebody that. I will I will do that. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Mark on your calendar for August 10th at 6 o'clock is the monthly night of Hope and Healing at St. Alice in Springfield. Join Father Mark Benz every second Thursday of the month for a night of hope and healing, starting with a bilingual English and Spanish rosary at 6 o'clock. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Well, it's not going to be Tech Tuesday today, but you know what it is going to be? A website Wednesday. Website Wednesday. That's exactly <laughs> right. Sarah is going to join us right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Peace has long been a Benedictine motto. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. In the rule of St. Benedict, the saint challenges those who live in monastic community to truly seek God and find peace. We all strive for peace, the profound sense of confidence and tranquility which flows from resting in God's love and trusting in God's providential care. In our daily lives, we can create peace by simplifying life and removing sources of strife, such as the pursuit of power or possessions. Finally, perfect peace goes hand in hand with perfect charity. When you have peace, you will have charity. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. In short, Rest in God's love, trust in God's care, and love others as God loves them. Then you will find true peace. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. 
Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Hi, everyone. This is David from Notre Dame Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mantra Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. And it is 8.42 at Mater Day Radio. Well, going to be a sunny day today. Already starting to warm up. We were just noticing that. It's going to be a high of 89 degrees today. Mostly clear overnight tonight. Low of 65. And then sunny, warm, 88 for Thursday, 89 Friday, 91 Saturday, 93 Sunday. You see a trend there. I do see a trend there. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> you said 61 degrees when we started the show this morning in Vancouver. It is now 66 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 66 degrees at Resurrection Parish in Tualatin. I like the new term that we have for when Sarah comes. It's either on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. She comes for a Tech Tuesday today. It's a Website Wednesday. Website Wednesday. I think that's a perfect yeah, name. absolutely. Sarah Kenzie is our medium, digital media manager here at Mater Day Radio. She joins us once a week to give us a little bit of a preview into an email that is coming to your inbox this afternoon. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us today on a Website Wednesday. You coming back from a nice vacation. Did you enjoy yourself? Good morning. Uh, yes, I did enjoy myself. It, it was... Uh, not one of those restful vacations. It was a busy, uh, busy vacation, but it was it was great. You were out for about four four days, something four or five like that. Days. I don't and even how many states anymore. did you drive through? <laughs> uh, I went through nine states. Nine states. It was on wow. the East Coast in New England, uh, kind of East Coast New England area. So the states are smaller, uh, so it's a little fa- you know faster to go from one state. To the other, but still uh, a lot of traveling around, but a wonderful time. Nine. That's a that's an impressive number of states, though. <laughs> Even if it is on the West Coast, you were on the move. So uh, thanks for joining us today and giving us a little bit of a look into what we've got coming in your inbox today. The highlight reel from Mater mm-hmm. Day Radio. What was the most New english state you were in? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I guess I spent the most time in Massachusetts while oh, I was nice. there and... Uh, both uh, kind of inland and then also uh, in Boston. So, uh, yeah, definitely had uh, a lot of kind of classic New England things you'd think of. But Bo- Boston is a very New Englandy kind of city. Oh yeah, I, would I say. wouldn't really know honestly. <laughs> I've never been out there before. So, but it was it was a fantastic. Did you have some clam chowder? I didn't. No. Okay. I did have some uh, Atlantic salmon sushi, which was very Ooh, delicious. Sounds good. Okay. So here's where do where does the New England Patriots? Where is their stadium? Foxborough in Massachusetts. Yes. Okay. Oh, so I see, very I wouldn't New be interested in that. Yeah. I grew up not. I was I was not taught to uh, to like that team as as a child. As, <laughs> as is everybody who is not from that area, right? Isn't that what you're well, supposed to do? Well, you are because you're a big Tom Brady fan and you love Tom. <laughs> I so. love him. Yes. Well, I love him more since he's retired and he's not going to be beating up my Chargers anymore. That's true. We should get back to oh, the yes. theme at hand. Of course, it is a wonderful preview into what is coming to your inbox today. It is always a great Friday 
Monday morning when we get to keep up with Ken. Ken Hellenius, one of the co-hosts of Living Stones. He joins us this week talking about a trio of friends of Jesus. Tell us about it. Yes. uh, So this past Saturday, I believe, uh, was the feast of St. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And even though the feast day has passed, I just love uh, reflecting on on those saints. They were uh, two sisters and a brother. Um, and so uh, they were friends of Jesus, like you said. And um, it's, you know, the scriptures say that how Jesus visited them. Uh, he loved them. And uh, just, just, it's amazing to reflect on what that must have been like to be a close friend of Jesus and also what it what it's like to to be a saint with uh, your siblings and you know it's something we can all all pray for maybe you know someday could you imagine that like that's just incredible and um Ken Ken just gives us so many insights into uh, their feast day and kind of explanation too of you know what their life was and um, you know, clear up some, sometimes, you know, there's um, confusion about which Mary was which. There's a lot of them in scripture. Uh, so Ken just does a wonderful job laying that out. And um, it's a beautiful thing to reflect on uh, for this past feast day. Yeah, he always has great insights. I, I love talking with Ken just for that reason. He's, he's He knows a lot. Yes. He knows a lot. And, yep. But yeah, he, he always brings an interesting look into the saints. And again, like, as you said, Sarah, some great insights. So if you want to learn a little bit more about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, definitely tune into that. We all have our projects that we do here at Mater Day Radio. One of our great new uh, podcasts that you can get at Mater Day Radio, one of our standalone podcasts, On the Go with David. You you find incredible <laughs> guests to join you on your podcast. This week, well, you have another guest to yeah, uh, a good friend of mine, Peter Frajola. He is the associate concert master for the Oregon Symphony, and he is coming up now on his 40th year with the symphony. So uh, Peter and I sit down and talk about the symphony, his life in music, how we got to be where he is, how he learned to play the violin, and really an interesting interview. And he gives us some really good, speaking of insights, some insights into the Oregon Symphony. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think uh, for anyone that's, you know, just interested in listening to music, it's it's just a fascinating interview, David, that, that you and Peter had. And you go into so much detail. And I'm glad you asked those detailed questions because, um, you know, you were, you were apologizing for yeah. them in the interview. But I was just thinking, those are questions that I have, too. So I think there's probably a lot of people out there that want to know, you know, what's the difference between a fiddle and a violin? Right. How does it work, you know, playing for different guests that come into the symphony? You know, how do you go to school, like, to, to really study music? And uh, David... David, you just asked so many great questions, and Peter gave some amazing answers. And, you know, it's a long conversation, but it just it flew by because it's so interesting and just getting into um, really some of those details of what it's like to be part of the Oregon Symphony. And like you said, for, for Peter, it's been almost 40 years, so he just knows so much. And uh, he also plays a little yeah. bit for you, too. Uh, so you'll get to hear a couple clips of Peter uh, playing his violin. So please check that out. It's a wonderful episode. David, one of the wonderful things I love about your podcast, too, is we are limited by time as to what we can cover on the morning show. But on the go, you have an extended amount of time to talk with people. And it's a great opportunity for people to listen more to that. That is On the Go, a podcast with David Endress. You can find it at Mater Dei Radio Standalone Podcast. 
I've been announcing today uh, for several days leading up to it, and now it is finally opened. It is World Youth Day. Pope Francis arrived earlier today, and our correspondent on the ground, she has been sending us updates. Tell our listeners what we've got going on for World Youth Day coverage. Yes, I wanted to remind you all that uh, our intern from last summer, Bernadette Curl, is um, sending us updates uh, regularly from Europe. She's been going through France and Spain and sending us some great photos and some audio, uh, which I know is is a challenge because they're so busy. They're staying, you know, in, in these places that aren't always the most conducive. You know, it's not like a nice, quiet hotel room. Uh, she sent us a photo of them just, they're all sleeping in a gym, you know, so, but she's finding time to send us photos, send us some audio updates. Uh, so please uh, go to our website. Uh, it's actually one of the featured pages, so it's easy to find. Uh, you'll also see our posts uh, on social media about, um, you know, everything that she's sending us so uh, they like you said Brenda World Youth Day just started yesterday and uh, Pope Francis is there I another friend of mine I have several friends that are there she just posted a you know a casual Instagram story of the Pope driving by in a in a little car <laughs> waving at kids going by yeah it was just it was so funny I was just oh oh that's you know you, you look you see a lot of Instagram posts if you're a just looking through Instagram, like, oh, there, there's there's Pope Francis. So uh, very exciting, and uh, we'll be getting some more updates from Bernadette soon. Um, so uh, be sure to check that out and stay up to date. I was she, trying to see the difference in the times in Lisbon. I wasn't quite sure. So just looking on the world clock. Like 10, 9 or 10 Yeah, hours? it's uh, 4.51 in the afternoon there right now in Lisbon. Okay, 4.51. Okay, so keep that in mind. So they're really through their first... Is this their first? It'll be their, through their second day. Their second day, I it's believe, their yes. second day. In some of the things that I have been reading, archdioceses in different languages from around the world have centers there, so yes. that way young people can go to the center in their language to where their archbishop or bishop is and have an opportunity to visit with them. Uh, I'm looking forward to visiting with uh, Bernadette uh, Curl when she comes back. She's already beginning that trade with the other people from around the world and so we'll be excited to see what she's been able to trade for and Uh, just get an update of what she is doing when she gets back after she has rested she has been a whirlwind of a trip for sure so bet uh and of course we await anxiously the announcement of where the next world youth day will be held they are keeping it under wraps this time they do not want that leaked (laughs) at all i've been trying to find out but no such luck well sarah thanks so much for joining us this morning thank you again remind our Listeners, if they are not getting those emails, how are they going to sign up for them? Uh, so the two easiest places would just be on the homepage of our website. Uh, there's just a button you can click or the homepage of our Hail Mary Media app and another button you can click there. Fantastic. Well, Sarah, thanks for joining us on this website Wednesday. We look forward to today's email. Thank you both. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join me, Archbishop Alexander Sample, in this prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. 
be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to share your intentions with our prayer team, please download the free Hail Mary media app or visit us online at materdeiradio.com. We are leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. I was showing you some photos of the supermoon last night. Yes. Isn't that amazing? That was amazing. The the, the shots that yeah. they find. I think it, you showed me one with a, an archangel, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, and the, the moon was like at the top. And yeah, really spectacular. You can go online and see some of those. Of course, yeah, last night was the super moon. It'll look great tonight as well, because we're going to have clear skies, a low of 65 degrees. Today, though, kind of warm, high of 89 under sunny skies. Tomorrow, 88, and then really beginning Friday, Saturday, Sunday, kind of heat up. 89 for Friday, 91 for Saturday, and 93 for Sunday. So, uh, yeah, be prepared for a little warmer weather. Currently, 68 degrees in the Rose City. Closing out our show today, here is Dupree. Can you feel it? We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. You know there's gotta be a reason for everything, everything Looking so me up ahead, yeah Coming at you and you can't help Questioning everything Running right through your bones It's taking complete control You know it now, change gon' come You know it now, change gon' come It's chasing you everywhere Can't be thinking of nothing else You know it now, change gon' come You know it now, change gon' come Change gon' come From heaven above, from heaven above Change gon' come Can you feel it, feel it Change gon' come From heaven above, from heaven above Change gon' come Just believe it Change gon' come From heaven above, from heaven above Change gon' come Can you feel it, feel it Change 
driving about, change gonna come. Can you feel it? Feel it? Change gonna come. From heaven above, from heaven above, change gonna come. Just believe it. Change gonna come. From heaven above, from heaven above, change gonna come. Can you feel it? Feel it? Change gonna come. From heaven above, from heaven above, change gonna That is Dupree, and can you feel it? It is 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Oh, thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend, middle of the week, Wednesday, tomorrow, Thursday. You know, Thursday's the new Friday. Is that what they say? That's what they say. As far as traffic is concerned, <laughs> I believe that. How has traffic been for you? <laughs> it's been tough this summer, that's for sure. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, that's summertime. That's summertime for you, absolutely. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend this Wednesday morning. This evening, Blazing the Trail yeah. with Miriam Marston, another one of our great locally produced shows, will be on at 7.30. We've got great broadcasting, though, all day long. So keep it right here at Matra Day Radio. Have a very blessed day.